Happy Halloween! We've got three spooky stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer! <laughs> Today, you'll learn how scientists were able to get three people to communicate with each other using only the power of their brains, and why toxic mold might make you see ghosts. We'll wrap up today's episode with the story of Cropsy, a terrifying boogeyman who turned out to be real. No, but really, he did turn out to be real. He really did, and it really is terrifying. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Scientists have linked three brains to form the first telepathic brainstorm session. As in, they got three people to communicate with each other using nothing but the power of their own brains. And this is the first time researchers have successfully done this. This is real science. It is. This is the thing that happened. I feel like we're being a little misleading by saying nothing but the power of their own brains because they did have like EEGs and like transcranial magnetic stimulation and stuff like that. But it was powered by their brains. Stop ruining my Halloween, Ashley. <laughs> it was a groundbreaking new project and it came from researchers out of Carnegie Mellon University and the University of Washington. They developed a three-player collaboration-based game where the participants used only their brainwaves to communicate. The game was a lot like Tetris, but with a couple of changes. They put three players in separate rooms with two players called the senders hooked into EEG devices. Those kept track of their brain's electrical activity as the players watched blocks fall from the top of the screen to the bottom. And the third player was the receiver, and the receiver wore both an EEG and a transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS, device. The receiver was actually given control of the game, but was not allowed to see the bottom half of the screen. In other words, the receiver would have no idea if the block was in the right configuration to fit into the empty space. And that's where the senders came in. Their screens were flanked by two LED lights, each flashing at a different rate. Their job was to stare at one of those lights to indicate rotate, or another to indicate do not rotate. The EEG could read which direction the sender was looking and move a cursor in that direction on the screen. That helped the senders confirm whether the computer was reading their brain activity correctly. Once a command was chosen, it was relayed to the receiver, not by text or by a light, but by their TMS device. That stimulated their visual cortex and made them see a light inside their eyes known as a phosphine. Once the receiver got the command, and the command would either be seeing a light, meaning rotate, or seeing no light, meaning don't rotate, the receiver would choose whether or not to rotate the block. Now, as you might imagine, they often got it right. Telepathy accomplished, right? Well, no, there was a second step in the experiment where the researchers sent false signals to the receiver to test the human's ability to predict the correct course of action, even in the face of misinformation. Humans turned out to be surprisingly good at separating the fake messages from the accurate ones. We are social animals, after all. Now, if only we could do the same thing to help people sniff out fake news. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you want to believe? Well, according to researchers, that old, worn-down, abandoned house down the block might not be haunted. It might just be dirty. Although it might still be haunted. Sure, Cody. Whatever helps you not sleep at night. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. According to a Pew Research Center survey from 2009, 18% of American adults say they've seen a ghost. Not just felt one or heard one, but seen one. At least one researcher has a theory about why. Shane Rogers is a professor of civil and environmental engineering at Clarkson University. And according to him, you can blame it on mold. 
When mold reproduces, it creates spores in the air that you can breathe in. The side effects of breathing in spory air might include seeing ghosts. A 2009 study hinted at a potential link between certain toxic molds and symptoms like movement disorders, delirium, dementia, and disorders of balance and coordination, which all could translate into that creepy feeling that you get in old spooky places that makes you feel like things just aren't quite right. But the mold idea is still speculative. Hauntings are very widely reported phenomena, but they're not widely researched. Still, though, a lot of those reports come from sightings in older built structures that may also suffer from poor air quality. Rogers and other researchers are working to figure out whether some reported hauntings may be linked to specific pollutants found in indoor air. And this research could impact more than just ghosts. In 1995, one of England's leading fungus experts wrote about sick library syndrome. Dr. R.J. Hay wrote that hallucinogenic spores in old books could lead to, quote, enhancement of enlightenment, unquote. Spooky, isn't it? Only if you read books. Good thing we're in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is all about the paranormal, but at Curiosity, we're all about science and facts and history and stuff. Those things can be pretty scary too, though. So today you'll get the best of both worlds in this story about a real-life boogeyman. It's so scary. I'm going to hide under a blanket while you, while you tell this story. Okay. All right. As she's hiding under a blanket, you too, listener, have our explicit permission to hide under a blanket. She's actually doing this, by the way. It's kind of hilarious. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Well, travel back to Staten Island in the mid to late 20th century. I can't do this story (laughs) with you. I didn't want to be a liar. It's supposed to be a scary story. All right. Back to this terrifying tale. Travel back to Staten Island in the mid to late 20th century. An urban legend specific to the island centered around Cropsy, a killer who was often touted as a threat to young children. Like lots of other urban legends, there are lots of versions of the story. Sometimes Cropsy had a sharp axe. Sometimes he killed with a hook for a hand. In a 1981 slasher movie, he was a former camp caretaker covered in scars. But in almost every story, He comes from Willowbrook State School. It was opened in 1947 as an institution for children with intellectual or developmental disabilities, but it was a horrible place. Patients lived in squalor, some were intentionally exposed to hepatitis in the name of science, and in the early 70s, Geraldo Rivera released an expose that things were only getting worse from there. The place mercifully shut down in 1987, but back in the 60s, rumors of Cropsy tended to say he was an escaped, quote-unquote, inmate of the school. A man was eventually tied to the playground horror stories, but he wasn't one of the school's victims. He was one of the school's employees. Andre Rand was once a janitor at Willowbrook, and it might not surprise you to learn that the facility did not do a great job of screening out dangerous employees. For years, Rand stayed on Staten Island, even camping semi-permanently in the woods surrounding his former place of employment. In 1969, he was arrested for attempted assault of a young girl, and in 1983, he was arrested again for unlawful imprisonment. He picked up 11 children in a school bus, took them out to lunch, and drove them to Newark Airport for unknown and luckily unrealized reasons. He served time for his crimes, but things got worse. Over the years, a number of people disappeared on the island shortly after being spotted either with Rand or with a man matching Rand's description. But he was finally found guilty of a pair of kidnappings, 
and he's in prison with no possibility for parole until 2037. At least for now, we can be sure that one boogeyman is off the streets. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. We hope today's episode did the trick to satisfy your curiosity. Tomorrow, you should treat yourself with another brand new episode of the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I know you're really going to miss my Halloween puns, but hey, there's always next year. I mean, they're just going to have to gobble up our Thanksgiving puns now. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) I've got nothing. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.